The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. It's Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal is back from a breather, from a wedding, from sweating out double overtime last night with his Nuggets against Lillard. How'd you take that? Not well. Not well at all, actually. <laughs> you were throwing crap all over the house. I'm I had, sure you were. I had friends over at my house, and they're like, hey, man, like, are you okay right now? Like, This is at the end of single overtime when we're up eight. Like, It's okay. You're up eight. Like, you Did you set now? fire to anything up 22 and then Portland taking the lead? I'm not a huge NBA guy, and I'm flipping around. I'm like, what the hell am I going to watch tonight? And I will stop because, you know, Phoenix has been bad for a long time. Noted Suns fan. And the reason they've done their 180, Jacob Fidilla, will be with us from Hale Varsity in an, in an hour. But I, I have stopped on it. And if we've gone out during the week to, to grab a drink and a bite, NBA will be on. There'll be baseball. And then there'll be, be NBA. And so I'll, I'll check it out. And I've always liked Lillard. I, I mean, I've always enjoyed him. But, man, uh, if he could ever get some help, it'd be really cool to see him get to a finals. Obviously not this year if you're a Nuggets fan. But, God, he's incredible. And I know he went one for ten. Uh, in you know last game, and the the kid was was seventeen of twenty four. That's incredible for a guy only to take twenty four shots and score fifty five points. That is foreign to me because I look at guys that I grew up watching, namely Jordan, and and he'd get his he'd get his points and he'd get his attempts, but it was always kind of a, a volume score. I mean, he was a good shooter, but he was never fifty percent or better in those large scoring games where he'd go for 63 against Boston or he'd go for 70 against Cleveland or whatever the case, he'd be 18 of 39 or something like that, okay? Which is still not bad. But for him to go 12 of 17 from downtown with Porter all over him and that length disadvantage, and it's not like he goes left and drifts left a la Kobe or MJ to get his shot off. He's a guy who's got to set and get right to, to, to set and fire. He's all, that, that's patented for him is that quick move to the right and the three. And he was incredible. And, I, I mean, I, I fell asleep. I've caught, I got caught up on the high. Well, dude, I can't, yeah, I can't no. do that anymore, <laughs> says the old guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could have, but I would have been just a nightmare today. So I was wondering if they'd hang on. They didn't. We will, we will hit, in, hit into to some of that. Uh, it's getting to be that time of year where basketball gets great. It's official visit weekend for Nebraska. We'll dive into who's on the way 
for the Big Red this weekend, the quarterback merry-go-round. What are things looking like as we get closer to, to maybe figuring out where, where Nebraska's at with their quarterbacks? Coach K will do the farewell tour. This is his last year. We'll hear from Jay Billis. Mike Babcock will join us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Babbers will talk to us about Nebraska and the Fayetteville Regional. Shuey from Wilderness Ridge checks in on golf and the War of Words uh, continued with, uh, <laughs> with Tom Brady and, uh, and Bryson DeChambeau. We are efforting as he is flying the friendly skies, three-time national champ head coach for Oregon State, Pat Casey, great friend of the show, and uh, he is flying right now, and he's on his way into Dallas. You have Oregon State as a three-seed, I think a three-seed, against TCU in that regional, so he's on his way to Dallas, and uh, flight's delayed, so he will try and get to us 5.30-ish, if that doesn't happen, we will have uh, Casey at bat tomorrow. So that's that's going to happen. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, Those are your numbers. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, and email chris at hailvarsity.com. You've got a friend in studio with you. Yeah, it's uh, Sam here alongside me, uh, also in the broadcasting school at Nebraska. Sam, you want to say any words to the people? Um, hello, uh, my name's Sam Alessandro. Um, I'm going to be an upcoming senior uh, at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and just thankful for the opportunity to come by today. Good stuff, Sam. Good to see you. Don't let Elijah give you any guff, <laughs> and uh, don't don't wrap that cord around too tight, man. It's uh, good for Sam jumping in and shadowing us. Appreciate his time today. So we can go a lot of different directions, but I want to kind of focus in on uh, just the, the, the recruiting aspect of Nebraska. Go with some football first. And this is quite a list, Elijah. This is quite a... a, a a showing for Nebraska, and it's going to feel awesome. Obviously, it's going to be open uh, to to fans for Friday Night Lights, six to eight uh, this Friday. And you know, the guy on on our mind is Richard Torres. He's a quarterback out of San Antonio. He's six six. He's two ten. Where's Nebraska at in in this quarterback merry go round? Right. What are they going to do for twenty twenty two? And it it looks like we'll have an announcement tomorrow from MJ Morris. MJ Morris, the the talented kid out of Atlanta, uh, kind of a a three-man race with Nebraska, NC State, and Georgia Tech. Based on what our our guy Greg Smith is hearing, you know, don't don't put it past uh, old Tim Beck to get this yes. I think NC State might be kind of leading towards that finish line. And I'll say this about Tim Beck. Tim Beck uh, had two quarterbacks while he was at Nebraska. He had Taylor Martinez, and he had Tommy Armstrong, and Tommy also a San Antonio kid. Those kids won a lot of ball games. Those kids had a lot of points put up in, in Beck's offense, and it was potent enough to get hired by Urban Meyer. It was potent enough to get a gig at Texas. He's now at NC State. So that that might 
way a little bit. Uh, Connor Harrell, this kid out of Alabama. Fall might be when he's doing his visit. And then there's Bianco, kid out of Hawaii, right? And, and if, if we're just kind of spitballing here, Torres will visit. Torres is also set to go hit to TCU, okay, and some, some other spots. And I'm wondering, you know, Torres will get the workout. Torres will be seen by, by Mario and Frost and, and folks that need to see him. And, and then it's going to be kind of up to Torres. He'll take his visits, and then he'll, he'll pull the trigger. Uh, and then if you're Nebraska, you're hoping you can get Bianco in to Lincoln in June, the kid from Hawaii. I, I, I think it's kind of first right of refusal right now. If I'm Torres, I don't think he'll commit this weekend unless he's absolutely wowed, blown away. But what this signals to me, and we've talked about this, is is a bit of a shift because if you look at Torres, he, his arm talent's nice. He's more in the mold of a Harburg. He's an athlete, but he's a thrower first and, and kind of a runner second. And if, if Nebraska's offense is going to be – what it needs to be, you need to have a quarterback like a Mariota, that'd be sweet. But to have a quarterback like Mariota, where you have a handful of little scrambles or runs to extend plays, or even a called designed run, okay? Not 18 quarterback counters first half against Illinois. Not going to make a living, not going to win a lot of ball games if that's your primary source of rushing if you're Nebraska football. So if, if they're able to identify and pinpoint a quarterback that is got great size. You need big quarterbacks in the Big Ten. You're going to get the hell kicked out of you a lot on Saturdays. If Nebraska is able to go look at a guy like like Torres or Bianco, good, fantastic. I mean, if, if they're, I don't want to say shifting, but if, if that's where they're at for 2022, all in. That, uh, that kid out of, Alabama, uh, out of Louisiana, uh, Mooney, they're looking at for 2023. He's a pass first guy too that is mobile and can make throws on the run. So I think Nebraska is in a good spot. Uh, I think MJ Morris is really good, really talented, could be a special player. But I think he's probably more of a project as a thrower. And the last thing you want, if you have your choice, if you can get a yes from any of these four kids is to get a project in here versus a kid you feel they're, they're all projects right going from, from from high school to college but get get a get a thrower first get a thrower first and someone that's that's mobile right you don't want the statue back there that's not what Nebraska's ever really done and that's not what Frost has done but go get a thrower and it, it looks like it'll be all right and they'll get their first crack at Torres and it, obviously it's easier said than done but when you look at I mean, how this roster is going to be shaping up for next year. Assume it's Adrian's last year here. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a quarterback to step up next year. And right now, we don't know if that quarterback is on the roster. I think he is. I, I think I, I'm a fan of Harburg mm-hmm. um, just because of what he can do throwing the ball. And then you hear MJ Morris, maybe a bit of a project throwing the ball. Reminds me of Smothers, what we saw in the spring game, where he might still need another year of development under Verduzco before he's even ready to see the field just because of his arm. So you're looking for a guy, and that's, this is why I say easier said than done. You're looking for a guy that can step in early and at least provide some competition to guys that are currently on this Nebraska campus uh, and say, hey, I'm here. And if that's not MJ Morris, it's not MJ 
MJ Morris and just reading the tea leaves, I, I think MJ Morris was the big name we were all hearing two months ago, a month mm-hmm. and a half ago, and within the past month. He's a high, he's a highest rated, and he's from Atlanta, and he's won a hell of a lot of ball games in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He's a really good quarterback. But I think there's a reason over the past month that we here in this Nebraska news cycle have been hearing less about him. Uh, I assume that's from his end. He's probably narrowing down to some other schools. And then on top of that, Steve Wiltfong for 24-7, mm-hmm. he's money with his predictions yeah. uh, every single year. Currently this year, he's sitting at 97% accuracy with his predictions. Uh, just three days ago, he put in an NC State prediction for MG, MJ Morris. So yeah. at the moment, they're the people to beat. Well, and and listen, in w- the, the thing you got to have if you're in Nebraska is you got to get the kid here. And he's already been here. He was here for the spring game. But you need to see him throw. And there's been mixed reviews on his throwing by folks that go to camps and are up close and personal with some of these guys. And if you're in Nebraska, you say, hey, let's, on our dime, come on out. Come on down. Come, come, uh, come work out for us. And it's not that Morris is, is, is saying no. It's maybe there's a, there's a little less hoops. And that's not a bad thing if you're Nebraska. You've got to evaluate till you're comfortable. It's two-way street here. I mean, you get you can always go get get another quarterback. You just can. But, man, you want to find the right one. And then you want to start stacking them. You want what Nebraska had for years. And that's a really good difference maker at quarterback. And then you want one waiting in the wings that gets seasoned. And then you come in. Nebraska's been uber, uber fortunate with their – with their success and and their quarterback play, it's been phenomenal, and and that goes you know from Gill to to Steve Taylor, to Keith and McCant came in and did a wonderful job. Gadowski followed Steve Taylor, and then you had the run of Frazier and Frost, Newcomb and Crouch. I mean that's 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 ten years. It's ten years of of really high level winning football and championships coach k stepping down level of shock one to ten two roy williams said peace out i'm not (laughs) cut out for this anymore with name image and likeness i'm not cut out for the portal i'm not cut out for the transfer market i'm not cut out for giving power versus having power and as awesome as Coach K has been for Duke, and what he's done is this. <laughs> and I love that the documentary. And I'm not a Duke fan. I don't hate on him. I appreciate him. I like the Grant Hills, okay? And I think Bobby Hurley was, was nails tough. And I respect that Leitner, I mean, he's, he's your ultimate villain, but the guy made plays over and over and over again. What Coach K did and the class that saved Coach K is a great documentary that ESPN did. I think it's a it's a thirty for thirty, and that was Jay Billis's class. I mean, he was ready to get run out of town, out of Duke. He goes from Army to Duke as a as a Bob Knight assistant that takes takes over at Army for Bob Knight, and he built he built and he's maintained now. Can you maintain if you're Duke? And the, the the dirty little inside baseball, it's not dirty, but Duke had an in for a lot of years with these high-level players because Duke, uh, Coach K was part of USA Basketball. So he got to see the who's who of 
before it went completely pro, you still got to see some of the top high school prep talent in the country, right? You were tied in with Nike, right? You got to see whoever the heck you wanted on the AAU circuits and kids that were at least caliber to talk about with USA Basketball. So, I mean, Duke Duke had an in, and, and they earned that with their record and with Coach K's reputation. He is he's in that rarefied air, and the, the questions out there, you know, is it is it the, the the hardest job to follow a guy like Coach K? And and John Wooden was mentioned, followed by Larry Brown. Didn't go so well. Larry got put in NCAA jail like he always does. Ray Perkins followed Bear Bryant. Mixed reviews. Wasn't Bear. I think a, a locally here. I think a. Frank Solich following T.O., and Frank did a really good job for a lot of years. And then we'll talk to Babbers about this. You know, the the job Osborne had following Devaney. You, you got to maintain on what else you helped build. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome. Back with you, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we are going to hope and pray that Pat Casey finds his way uh, with us in one hour. Sam is in shadowing with uh, Elijah. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer, Mike Babcock joins us. HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at MDBabs on Twitter. Babbers, what's up? How are you? Well, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. We're to the point where we're proofing uh, copy for the yearbook, so that's a pretty intensive, uh, pretty intensive activity and a time-consuming one. So that's what I'm doing. Well, the yearbook looks incredible. I know the the cover was dropped on social media, and uh, big old ninety-five man, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's all good, right? It is all good. It is all good. Well, how good's it going to be in Fayetteville this weekend? Well, it's going to be inter- yeah, it's going to be interesting, right? I mean, I I was really uh, I was really surprised that Nebraska got sent to to Arkansas. Um, it didn't seem like a, a reasonable thing uh, for the committee to do, but uh, by the same token. Uh, you know, Nebraska isn't the one to back down from challenge, so it's probably as good there as it would be anywhere. I mean, I think the Oscars will, will scrap and Fayetteville the same they would had they been assigned to any of the other regionals. I think they will, too. I think they're ready to embrace the challenge. That's what Will Bolt's all about. That's the, the same DNA his kids have. And uh, they have been really good about playing with a chip on their shoulder. And I know that's said a lot in sports. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. And, and Will Bolt did that through his career. And Nebraska's done that this season. Mike, as we kind of look at the matchups, and everyone go check out Mike's uh, write-up, com, as he previews the Fayetteville Regional. Uh, there's some dudes that can hit the ball from Northeastern. Not going to be... A cakewalk at all Friday at seven. Yeah, and the thing that really surprised me was how they stole bases. I mean, my gosh, that that team has been really aggressive on the base pass. 119 stolen bases and 149 attempts, and uh, you know they they've they've got uh, 
uh, four guys hitting 340 or better, uh, including one guy that's got 21 home runs. I don't know what size, you know, what, what the size of their ballpark is, but uh, they're it's not my hitters. it's not my backyard. <laughs> yeah, pair <laughs> their leading hitters. He, he's batting uh, uh, 351. He's got 21 home runs. I mean, it, that, that's amazing. And they got a couple of guys that uh, one guy's got 23 stolen bases. The other guy's got 22. Hmm. I mean, Nebraska's aggressive. And uh, the Huskers haven't stole, uh, have sold about a little over half that many bases this year. I mean, it's it, it, that that's really surprising. And they've got a they've got one pitcher that uh, uh, probably is their, I would guess, is their number one starter. He had, I think, he had uh, twelve starts. He was eight and zero with a one point seven two ERA, and he had eighty three strikeouts in seventy three and a third innings. That's impressive. It's big time. And you know you can you can talk about Northeastern not being a you know a big school and and you know the conference that it plays in and the competition that it plays. But you know baseball, you know as well as I do that. I mean, you can have an outstanding uh, individual, uh, outstanding individual players. You can have an outstanding pitcher. It doesn't matter, you know, what conference you're playing in or you know what level or whatever. Um, you can have guys that that get to the big leagues from these these programs, and you know I think Northeastern has uh, has a couple of pretty good players. Now, Mike, you'd expect that Northeastern's going to be pitching their ace on Friday night because they got to get through Nebraska to to get up to the winners bracket and get that chance against Arkansas. Do you think Nebraska does the same? Do you think Nebraska rolls out Cade Povich on Friday, or, or do you think they try to save him for a, a potential game against Arkansas? Boy, you know that that's a good. You know, I've been thinking about that, I, and I haven't come up with a good answer. I know that the the official release that the, the T, T, TBA uh, for the first night, um, boy, in in a situation like that, you don't want to look ahead. Um, by the same token, um, when you got the number one seed, the overall seed in in your regional, um, and you could potentially play them the second game i guess there's a tendency to do that but i you know i don't i don't know i i mean my first instinct was no they'll go with what they've gone with but then i saw the tba and the official release and i wondered well you know maybe maybe you're going to look at it and the other thing is you know i didn't look carefully at the at the the lineup um were they mostly right-handed hitters or you know uh, is that going to enter into the decision or anything like that? But that, that's a tough call. And, and I, again, you've got to win the game, you know, to advance. And uh, you don't want to take a loss in the first game because then one more loss and you're out. And in order to win it, you've got to come back and still win three games. So um, personally, I guess I would be aggressive and try to win the first game and then worry about what I'm going to do the second game. That's how I'd I'd uh, armchair it for sure. I mean, I think you just roll with what got you there, and you've been hot doing what you've been doing. I mean, you've been winning. You've been Povich doesn't like guys on base, and if they steal a thousand bases a game, it's hard to do it if they're not on base. So, I I, I don't know the right answer. I guess because yeah. our, Arkansas. Let's go to the Hogs here and Coach Van Horn. They just hit a ton. Babbers. They've had a they, they've had a eleven one run games this year, and they're seven and four in those. A few of those were, were extra innings, 
And we're talking murderer's row of series, okay, in that SEC conference. And they always found a way to get it done on Sunday. Yeah, they won 10 series. I read something that they won 10 series, a school record. Yeah. I think that was that conference series. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, that's that's Dave Van Horn baseball. I mean, it's 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 Will Bolt baseball. It's it's a, a gritty beats pretty mm-hmm. uh, approach, and that's you know that's the way Arkansas plays, and that's that's what you're going to expect. But Arkansas's got some man that uh, that uh, SEC pitcher of the year. That guy's cops is incredible. You oh, know, point eight one ERA. Yeah, what a ten and zero and ten saves or he something just does it all, man. Yeah, yeah, just really impressive. And it looks like um, you know uh, Dave Van Horn's not afraid to go to his bullpen. I mean, he he's used a lot of relief pitchers um, uh, this season, and and uh, and so I think it's again they you do what you have to do to win. Well, and like, th- like you said, they win extra inning games. The thing that's interesting is is they've. They've won a lot of slugfest games. They've also lost some slugfest games. I mean, Alabama beat them sixteen to one. Old Miss got them thirteen to six. A and M, eleven to ten. I mean, those are some pretty high scoring uh, ball games. They lost eight to seven on that walk off against Tennessee. Seven runs allowed. So their their team ERA is three eighty. That I know you, you you highlighted. I just wonder if if they're they're incredible. So their starting pitching for Arkansas is really good, yes. But the fact that they're able to go to, to cops and another guy is out of the pen maybe as early as they want uh, speaks to just their depth in, in that bullpen area. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's probably true. And, again, you have to take into account the SEC. I mean, that's there's no question that that's a, you know, that's a tough haul going on right there. And if you figure they won – Ten conference series. That that's pretty impressive. Um, however, you do it, and and you know you, you. Here's the other thing: you get beat by those scores, and you're still you're competitive. You come back, and you you're successful. I mean, that's that's what you have to do. You have to set it aside one game at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, have that mentality, and I think they probably do. That's their probably their, their approach. Forty six and ten for the Hogs. Twenty two and eight. The SEC Babbers got about three minutes here. In reference to Coach K announcing that this will be his last season, I want to go to when Coach Osborne took over for Coach Devaney, and I know you did Coach Devaney's biography and also worked with Tom on several books. Did, did T.O. feel crazy pressure to, to maintain? He was part of the build with, with what Nebraska became under Devaney, but then he took it over. I'm just thinking of whoever's next for. I mean, I know who's next for for Duke, and uh, you know it's it's a guy that's a a coach in, in waiting, John John Shayer. But that that those that's a shadow, man. That's a shadow unlike many shadows. Yeah, well, and you, you know, Tom looked into a couple three jobs uh, rather than uh, Bob had already given an indication that he wanted Tom to succeed him, and Tom uh, it was at the Sun Bowl. Um, Tom went down and interviewed at uh, uh, Texas Tech because he didn't want to follow Devaney. He, he thought that that was a no-win situation, and uh, turns out he did follow Devaney. And turns out he, you know, he picked up, you know, every season with at least nine wins, bowl game every year. But you know, you know how the pressure was. 
Um, he, his teams had trouble beating Oklahoma, and fans were upset. You know, it was nine wins in a bowl game weren't sufficient if you didn't beat Oklahoma. So um, he was under a lot of pressure early on, and you know, even in '78, um, he looked at the Colorado job seriously. Um, went out there and, and thought, you know, hey, there would be a lot less pressure here if I took this job. And that was the year that he uh, they finally beat Oklahoma and then lost to Missouri the next week. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of pressure. And, uh, uh, you know, the, Tom dealt with it. And, you know, people look at it now and think it was a straight trajectory to those three national championships in his final four seasons. But it wasn't. It was a rocky road at times. Babbers, real quick, uh, the yearbook kind of give folks a, a little sneak peek as to what 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 the goods are. Well, we got some we got some nice profiles. We got a, we got a lot of good stuff. I don't want to you know not mention somebody in, in, in that sense, but I know we got a nice profile on Austin Allen. We got a nice profile on Cam Taylor Brett. We got you know the Ben Stilley thing. Um, you got those profiles. Uh, Brandon Vogel did something uh, really good on on uh, transfers, um, and uh, and took a look at that. You know, uh, specifically linebackers and and uh, wide receivers. Got Ture and Carvick, uh, and uh, and then uh, Greg did a did a uh, a recruiting story. You know how it how it's kind of changed and. And how Nebraska has to be kind of a national, have to look at it nationally, but it's more difficult to keep local kids uh, here because schools are coming in from all over the place. Mike Babcock with his Babbers. We'll check in next week and let's watch some baseball this weekend. Thanks for the time today. Yeah, good talking to you, Smitty. All right. Appreciate you. Great stuff, Mike Babcock. We'll head to the golf course, Wilderness Ridge. Mike Shuart teeing it up next. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's head to the golf course. It is golf weather. We say hi to Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, how's the, uh, the the midweek going? Going awesome, man. You can't beat this weather. It's finally golf weather. Finally, finally, finally. I, I putted hey, like I, I had a, a blindfold on on Saturday, man. I did. I heard I heard a nasty rumor that you were out playing golf this weekend. <laughs> it was nasty. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's just a nasty rumor. Oh, no, it, there's truth to that rumor, and <laughs> we uh, we won. We 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 annihilated. What? We we won. We annihilated Team Wilbur. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of me and Coach Brett uh, take on uh, Timmy B and, and and Slick Nick and their team Wilbur because they're you know they, they have Wilbur uh, ties and I can't tell you I can tell you our team name but I can't do it on the air I'll be fined <laughs> so <laughs> fined and fired <laughs> so so we'll just I'll, I'll I'll slip you the team name sometime but no it okay. was it was rough but I'm interested in in getting a hold of of some of them divot dogs to play with me because man they're oh, they're yeah. playing good golf it sounds like uh, like Blank and Elgin are cleaning up they are so we had our first practice today I had Nate and uh, Mr. Elgert out there getting ready for the season so first practice was today we'll have a, we have practice every Wednesday morning and then uh, two weeks is our first competition 
So looking forward to it. Well, I tell you what. I mean, youth uh, golf is so important, and you do such a great job with the kids. If if somebody out there's got a son or daughter that listen, they they really enjoy the game, but need some refinement. Just give folks a quick backstory if you have two seconds on the Divot Ducks. Yeah, so our Divot Dogs is what is our our team here at Wilderness Ridge. So uh, we take some of our kids that are kind of really into playing and just getting into playing. A lot, most of the team Divot Dogs have been playing for a while. So we put them and we play competitions against. Uh, this year we're playing against the Lincoln Country Club, Hillcrest, and Firethorns. So we have a home and home against them. Um, and hopefully at the end of the year. Uh, we'll bring home trophy. So we we held the trophy last the last couple of years. So uh, we have to uh, kind of retain the actually the belt. So the, the belt. It's been good. We've had a lot of <laughs> we've had a lot of fun with the kids. So we have a lot of fun with our program, along with all of our other programs. You know, like you said, if you have a son or a daughter that's looking to get into golf, we have a camp that starts next week that still has some spots available if you want to get into it. Um, we have a, a league that starts in a couple weeks that that they play uh, every week on our talent course. So there's a lot of opportunities out here for kids to play, get involved in the game, have a lot of fun with it. You know, now Mike, I got into bowling when I was little because there was this program in Lincoln called Kids Bowl Free, and obviously, like my dad was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna take you to that because it's free." So my question <laughs> is, are, are there any good opportunities? I mean, you talked about the camp next week, but what opportunities are there um, for? I mean, parents who maybe they say, "You know, what, this is a good game for you to learn for the rest of your life." What, what programs are there out there for parents to send their kids to, or, or for kids to go out and, and go golf themselves? There's a ton of programs out here with you know the programs that rerun the YMCA. They do a fantastic job down at the Jim Egger Golf mm-hmm. Course. They have uh, a ton of youth programs down there that basically cater to all kinds of different beginners, to mm-hmm. kids that have played, um, camps, daily camps, weekly camps. There's a lot of opportunities around the city that uh, they're available for, for kids to get involved in you know, and start learning a little bit about the game of golf and hopefully get them hooked on it. So, Shuey, based on the limited time you've seen me, help me out with this putting, man, or just just tell me to you're going to tell me to see if my putter can swim. I mean, that, that's your other option. Oh boy, putty. I was I was ru- I was rough. I was rough. Yeah. You would think putty would be the easiest part of the game, wouldn't you? <laughs> You'd think. You would think <laughs> that hole moves a lot. It does. It's amazing. I'll tell you a quick story about a putty of a, a, a friend of mine that that played overseas a little too much. And named I think he named did, Arnold. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think he did too many other things overseas. But he truly believed that there was a little man that lived in the hole, and every time his ball got close to it, he would jump up and knock it out. Man. Yeah. This guy in Amsterdam so, ever? So I, I think that's where he played mostly. So. Maybe. So if you start seeing a little man in the hole, you're in trouble. Me and Bill Walton, yeah. Mike <laughs> Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Uh, Shuey joins us every Wednesday. Great youth programs, the Divot Dogs. Okay, what's your uh, what's your grade on the, the Twitter grenades thrown uh, by Bryson at Tom Brady and Tom Brady at Bryson here for this match coming up the 6th? Yeah, building the hype. Building the hype, you got to build the hype, right? But do you do you go there right away if you're Bryson with deflated footballs? He does. That's he, nuts. He, yeah, 
he's nuts, though. It takes a nut to do nutty things. So, yeah, he's throwing grenades right away, man. He wants to get that heated up. I guess. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting. And, and then Kepka saying, sorry, man, uh, about the, the pairing. I mean, <laughs> the whole world. I didn't know Kepka could could gain. He, he's a good player, obviously, but there's there's some sympathy out there for for Brooks because there's such a there's such a, an annoyance level right with with uh, Bryson and if you, if you're taking temperature of the PGA the the most folks would you guess feel like Brooks oh yeah no question now, now Mike I mean, oh, sorry. he's just a weird dude I mean he lives in his own little world and nobody else kind of exists in it you know mm. so it's like he's very different when it comes to that kind of stuff and he speaks his mind and he he says what he says when he says it you know he's not the most politically correct human being on the planet <laughs> mike there's a saying in, in the uh, the advertising world and i say that because I, I am an advertising major myself as well as doing this um it's there's no such thing as bad publicity and, and when you look at this in the golfing world with bryson dechambeau it, it is is there going to be I mean, retribution down the line? Is getting on the bad side of all the other pro golfers, is that going to cause him problems down the road at all? No. No. Because they understand what it's about. I mean, it's still, they go out there and do their thing to play and practice and get ready for tournaments, and he just happens to be one of those guys. And publicity is great for the tour. It just keeps making the purses what they are, people coming out to watch. So it just allows them to keep playing for kind of money they're playing for so so, so not going to be any any parties on the 10th green uh, i don't think so hope not <laughs> <laughs> mike schwartz with us shuey about uh 30 seconds bud uh where can folks go to find out more about membership at wilderness and check in with you to get fitted or some lessons or to get their son or daughter signed up yeah just go to our website you go to our website wildersridgegolf.com we'll have a lot of information on that Tells you all the things that we got going. We put our fitting days on there. Uh, we put all of our, our our junior programs on there, so we know times and dates. So and has contact information. So and if you just ever want to know, just give Willis Rich a call. Any of us, any of the staff here can help you out with any of the questions that you have. Well, I'll be by for a little vodka lemonade on the deck soon enough. Shuey, you be mm-hmm. good, and thank you so much for uh, for taking oh. time, man. Always. Thank you, guys. Stay Appreciate safe. you. You too. Mike Schuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Them divot dogs are for real. Uh, Dylan and Miles, man. Watch out. They can they can swing it. Uh, we'll wind down. Hour one, Jacob Padilla. Maybe Pat Casey. Hour two on the way. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. So Nebraska just sent out uh, an update, not just about 30 minutes ago. We wrapped up with Babbers. <laughs> Povich going to go on Friday at 7. Sebastian Kane, 6-1, and one, will be the righty for Northeastern. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. You can email chris at hailvarsity.com is uh, where you email at Herbal Essence for Elijah's Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio for mine. And uh, I want to ask you if you're thinking about moving, maybe you got your home evaluation in the mail and uh, it was beautiful to the point where let's make some money off this house and 
figure out where we're going to live, well, West Blue Realty uh, is there for you when it comes to properties in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. So West Blue, westbluerealty.com is uh, the uh, the folks, uh, 1120 uh, K Street in Lincoln. And Tom Luby, uh, Kelly Hofschneider, both folks that are incredible at what they do when it comes to uh, getting you connected with that home you're looking for or if you're trying to sell. Give Tom Luby a shout today at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, 402-202-2312. Give Tom or Kelly a shout now and uh, tell them Hale Varsity sent you. You mentioned Hale Varsity. You can get up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. 1120 K Street, Suite 200, West Blue Realty, West Blue Realty. Dot com. So, a bunch of things to get into with Jacob Padilla in about 10 minutes. We'll dive into the visitors list for Nebraska basketball, which is fiercely impressive this weekend with Hoiberg and company. We'll hit some NBA with Jacob. As Jacob went, went like all over and just started collecting Phoenix Suns t-shirts and Per Jacob's presence on Twitter, I mean, he's unbeaten in him. Ever have a lucky shirt? I, I have an Avalanche hoodie that's pretty lucky. Like, but, how old is this thing? Oh, uh, about four years old, probably. Okay. I, I went out to an Avs game. and the You Avs, bought it from the Avs store yeah. for 2,000% over something like regular that. price. Yeah, but, I mean, but it's special because it has cores from... From the Pepsi Center spilled on it. <laughs> yeah, I never washed it actually. Yeah, it still, no, that's still fine. smells like cheap beer. Um, but we actually lost the game that we went to, and I was like, oh man, I bought this unlucky hoodie. But it's but, $200,000, so you needed to not so burn it. I needed to wear it, and now whenever I wear it, the Avs always seem to win. And I think it's just because the Avs just tend to win right now. Um, but for now, I'm calling it my lucky hoodie. Well, we'll, we'll dive into that. Uh, we'll, we'll get kind of the backstory on, on Jacob's lucky shirt purchase. You're a sports fan, it's okay. To be superstitious. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, it seems like all my Husker gear is unlucky. It's my fault. It's not the team's fault. I'm, gotta, I'm wearing the wrong clothes. You got to buy new. <laughs> uh, you know, go, in college and growing up, we were so superstitious. I mean, just horrifically superstitious in the Schmidt household. So there, there's a couple of, of, of things that we've tried to unretire to kickstart a win streak or a winning season i haven't done it yet in the frost era but there's been 400 coaches through here since to retired so i don't know maybe it's time to, to dig out dad's old sweatshirt i'll tell you more about, I was, I was about ask, dad's sweatshirt i was gonna ask did any of these traditions all like sacrifice like you're making this sound bad <laughs> no this sweatshirt's seen and done it all and it, it will fight you in the corner Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. In hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, Sam sitting in today in the uh, producer room. He is sweating him out. It's getting really hot in here. I mean, like, 
like it, it's you know the AC is kind of on the fritz. I, I was worried when I walked in because like two bodies in this room, plus it's like ninety degrees outside. You I see you brought your cooler again. I wore shorts and a t-shirt in here, which like that's pretty classic in the summertime. But like today, I was worried I was still gonna be sweating through this. I I, I reapplied deodorant before I came in here. That, that is very considerate. <laughs> the the bro tank was left at home. That's also considerate. We say hi to a guy. Speaking of shirts, that is on a win streak with his new Phoenix Suns gear. Uh, basketball guru Jacob Padilla with us at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter. Jacob, we were we're going to get into like superstitions and you know that 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 special item fans have that they always wear and it brings their team good luck. Yay or nay? Did you send a taunting uh, text last night to one Greg Smith? I actually have not talked a whole lot back and forth with Greg so far this series. <laughs> um, I mean, he was he was on vacation over the weekend, so kind of just let him uh, let, let let them to his own. But I did wear a different Phoenix Sun shirt to my podcast recording today with um, Lakers fan Damon Benning. So a so, little bit a little bit more talking there. How, how'd that go? <laughs> he. Uh, before we started recording, he uh, called me a not very nice name. But after that, it was pretty cool. It was pretty professional <laughs> on the air. On air, off air. I love it. Jacob Vadilla's with us. Well, uh, we'll get into some NBA with you here in a moment. Also want to talk some football with you. But with Husker basketball, you've got, uh, I mean, we, we got Friday Night Lights, and that is huge for, for Nebraska football. But, Jacob, this is a monster visit weekend for, for Nebraska basketball, isn't it? Oh yeah, um, yeah. The the dead period is uh, ended uh, as the the calendar turned from May to June, and they are not wasting any time getting high, highly regarded prospects on campus. And this weekend, it starts with Isaac Trout, who people around here, I'm sure, are familiar with the the four star forward from Grand Island. Um, he's taken his uh, official visit to Nebraska. Uh, as is Chance Westry, a four-star point guard. Um, so they're having both those guys on campus for official visits this weekend, um, kind of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal. And then they're also having a couple unofficial visitors, um, Simeon Wilcher, five-star point guard in the 2023 class, um, is coming alongside his brother as uh, C.J. Wilcher moves in at Nebraska, the transfer from Xavier. So. Families, I guess, taking a trip and uh, using, uh, taking advantage of that to let Simeon get a chance to see um, the campus and check out, check out Nebraska a little bit. And then Omaha Baloo, um, six, six, eight forward, uh, played this last year at Waukee with Tucker DeVries, who people around here I'm sure are familiar with, and the Sanford brothers um, won a state title over there. He's uh, another five-star top 10 prospect uh, in that 2023 class. And, He's taking an official visit on Sunday, or unofficial visit on Sunday. So, yeah, they've got, they've got some really talented players coming through Lincoln this weekend. That, that's impressive, incredible, and you've already got a, a five-star going to be here with McGowan's. And, you know, as you, as you listen and kind of read tea leaves and, and more will be known after the visit weekend, I, I completely get that, but... You know, Nebraska, it's not just can you get them here, can you get them signed, and then can you produce on the court, and that's that's a whole process. But as you look at this, Jacob, knowing the, the basketball ranks like you do from prep to college, you know, how do you feel about Nebraska's profile 
and 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 how it's grown here with Coach Hoiberg and Coach Abdelmassi and just where they're where they're at right now. Yes, the wins need to come. Yes, they need to be competitive. But they started kind of showing that, in my opinion, in Big Ten play. You know, uh, how how far away are they from from really cranking this up to be more of the norm? Yeah, you're, the wins are going to be that next barrier to make that happen. But they absolutely have elevated Nebraska's profile as uh, a, a potential destination for talented players. And um, they're getting some guys in. These are, again, you, you just looking at this list, there's so many, obviously the two top 10 2023 guys, uh, but you've got one, two, three, um, three different top 100 guys. You've got a few more top 150 guys. Um, got a handful of really talented players that are choosing to use one of their official visits at Nebraska. And in this first month, that officials are being allowed. So um, that in itself is a big win, just being able to get guys on campus, being able to kind of build the, those relationships strongly enough during the, the dead period that they are able to get these guys to come check out what they have in person, what they have to offer. Um, so the, the next step is uh, showcasing the guys they have committed now. The, the Obviously, Bryce McGowan's um, and then um, Wilhelm Breidenbach as well. These guys uh, show these, these four-star, five-star recruits that um, – kind of if they can come here and succeed that that'll be a message to others that are considering nebraska um and i think we'll start to change the their reputation a little bit as yeah that's that's a place that i can go and have success talking with jacob padilla here on hail varsity radio and jacob is obviously huge news last year when bryce mcgowan's committed first five-star in program history really since the the recruiting rankings have become standardized uh, as such and, and when you're looking at the future do you see more five-stars coming down the way for Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska, or, or should we appreciate this five-star talent while we've got him here now? Uh, probably a little bit of both. Like I don't, It's definitely not off the table. Again, like Simeon Wilcher, you've got a Trey McGowan, Bryce McGowan situation right there with the Wilcher brothers, um, where depending on how long CJ's here, those two could end up playing together at Nebraska at some point. Um, so... Uh, it's, it pays to keep recording or recruiting guys with talented brothers. Uh, <laughs> apparently, that's uh, a recruiting tactic that's working well for Nebraska. Um, I think Omaha Blue is going to be a tough pull for Nebraska. Um, but, I mean, they're in the mix, and he, he mentioned their name as one of the schools that's record, uh, recruiting him the hardest. And he was born in Omaha. That's why he has his name. Uh, he's lived in Iowa since he was two. But um, so. Uh, I don't. I, I, five star landing, five star prospects is going to be pretty rare, but Nebraska has elevated, I think, itself in its standing to for the fact where they can put themselves in the mix for some of these guys um, and potentially um, secure some commitments down the road. So um, I, I think start with enjoying Bryce McGowan's um, for what he is, and uh, and then down the road you can potentially get excited about some of these other these other names that you're going to hear Nebraska being involved with. Jacob Adil is with us. Uh, big weekend for Nebraska basketball. We'll get to football as uh, the week closes out with Friday Night Lights and, and the, the giant list of prospects coming in for Coach Frost. But some some heavy hitters for, for Coach Hoiberg uh, will be in town this weekend. Nebraska's main competition as as we sit right now 
with Trout and with Baloo. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to talk to Isaac after he goes through his uh, Nebraska visit. I was just texting with him earlier. So I'll have a more in-depth conversation about kind of what he's looking for and, and, all, and how, how the visits went. Um, but, I mean, you just look at his visitor list. Um, and that's that's a good place to start. He, he's already he visited uh, Crane unofficially on um, June first here, as first day of the the, the recruiting period again. Um, Nebraska is getting an official. Virginia is getting an official. Michigan State is getting an official. North Carolina, and then he's talking about using his final official at Oklahoma. Hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of. Uh, the, the list where you start with. It's a pretty darn good list of schools there. Different parts of the country, different uh, styles. Um, Isaac's got some very good options here. I'll just come down to ultimately what he decides is important for him and kind of the, the relationships and kind of what he feels when he gets a chance to actually check out the, these different campuses. What about Omaha? Yeah, I, I'm not sure yet. He's still, um, I think, he joined Mocan Elite uh, this year, um, one of the best AAU programs in the country, and especially in the region. And so I think he's a guy that his recruitment is absolutely going to take off. 2023, this is about the time where guys really start to establish themselves as uh, kind of the cream of the crop in, in that class. So I think by at the end of the summer, um, the offers will probably start to pile up a little bit more for him. And um, we'll get in the mix, but he he did mention uh, Nebraska among a handful of other teams that are recruiting him pretty hard right now. Uh, I, I want to focus on Isaac Trout here for a second, Jacob, because I mean that's a local kid. I mean Grand Island. I'm, I'm calling it local because it's within Nebraska. Nebraska kid, yeah, sure. um, and just with all this Nebraska talent coming through, I think it's big that Nebraska is getting a visit uh, from Isaac Trout. Um, but what are you reading into the dates uh, in which he's taking his visits? Nebraska's first, North Carolina's last. Are, are you reading it all into that? Not really. I think it's just kind of uh, how things worked out for for him, for um, the, the 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 schools he's visiting. Um, he can't visit everybody the first weekend, so he had to kind of space it out um, as best he can. Um, I, I wouldn't read too much into, um, but I think it, I'm guessing Nebraska uh, pushed hard to get that early visit, just to kind of set the tone and mm-hmm. like, hey, um, here's what we got. Keep us in mind as you're going to go through all these other ones. First and last probably are um, the the spots that you want to be. First, you get a chance to really uh, set the bar, and um, you make sure you get in the mix there. So before potentially a kid maybe takes a visit and um, things click, and he just decides to cut it off there. And then with the, the last visit, you do risk um, him finding somewhere he likes before he gets to you and ending his recruitment. But you also get to kind of have the last say. Um, so um, I, I don't know that there's anything too much to read uh, into it with this case. Just I think what you read there is the ones that he has prioritized as uh, schools. And, and though Creighton was only an unofficial, um, I, I, I still I think that I don't think that says that much. I think he's already been to Creighton's campus. He's been he was there at the Seton Hall game um, before the pandemic uh, when they clinched the Big East title. Um, he, so he was in the, the arena for that experience. He took a visit, an unofficial uh, game day visit, kind of campus tour um, during this past season. So 
he's gotten to see Creighton more than any other school at this point. So I think the the non the I think that's kind of what played in that decision there as far as taking an unofficial there. So I think that the five that he ends up schools he's using his official on, and then Creighton will be in that mix as well. Jacob Badilla is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, some Husker hoop stunts. Jacob, real quick, how many how many kids are Nebraska and Creighton going head to head on? <laughs> I mean, that's that's uh, quite a few, um, but uh, Malik Dia is another guy that's going to be visiting. Um, Creighton has offered him; he's on their list. Obviously, Isaac Kraut, uh, we've been talking about, um, and we've seen in the last couple cycles. They've been in the mix for uh, some of the same players. I think you're going to see more and more of that uh, because of how much more how much more similar uh, their systems are now with okay. the way that Fred Hoiberg wants to play and the way that Creighton does play. Um, you're going to see players fit both programs more than maybe they did previously under Tim Miles. So um, I think that's going to be something that we're going to continue to see is Nebraska and Creighton being in the mix, especially with – um, kind of local talent. Um, when you got guys from uh, this area that have proved themselves to be high major players, um, Creighton and Nebraska would be foolish to, to not do what they can to, to be in the mix for um, those kids. Yeah. Now, Jacob, I, I've been sitting in here doing some furious studying on these uh, these visits that are coming up, and I'm seeing two kids coming from Sierra Canyon out in California was most known to be the, the high school of, of Bronny James, LeBron James' son. Um, so when you're looking at that, are, are, I mean, I, I'm not, I won't look too far ahead. I know Bronny's not graduating for a couple of years now, but are they building relationships at Sierra Canyon now? And, and is it wishful thinking to think maybe they're going to be recruiting Bronny James as well? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know that there's any connection in particular there. Still, still a ways off for uh, Bronny. Still got a, a long way to go, but um, I mean, that's Abdelmasi, uh, kind of what he does. He, he establishes those relationships, and they're not afraid to go into the, the powerhouse schools in the country um, to try to, to establish their brand and to, to build up those relationships so that when good players come through, Nebraska's on the list that they look at. And um, he's all around the country. There, there's not, I don't think there's anywhere um, that Abdelmasi is. I'm going to avoid going to. So um, just happens to be uh, a school with a lot of talent and guys that they're interested in. Jacob, 30 seconds. Can you get a picture with Greg sometime this week, both of you wearing Suns T-shirts? <laughs> Eric Peterson did uh, suggest that we come up with some kind of bet between Greg and myself, <laughs> but we never did, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Um I don't think Greg never really replied to the thread, and I did either. So, <laughs> oh, fortunately, he... we did not get anything hashed out. But I did just get a, a new order. I've got a few extra sign shirts in, in my dresser now. If uh, if Greg has any interest, uh, I have no problem sending him one for for a photo op. Well, we'll get this uh, this last bit of audio cut up, and we will have it ready for Greg Smith tomorrow, and we'll play it for him. Uh, <laughs> Greg's wardrobe's great, but we're just. We're offered a little help. (laughs) 
Well, good enough. Jacob, awesome. Thanks for, for making time for us today. We'll get caught up again soon. Thanks for, thanks for your time. Or email right, I'm the good. show. Yeah. Chris Jacob Medilla with HailVarsity.com. I'm just trying, trying to on, back you know, to Hail Varsity Radio. Okay, here is the update. Uh, three-time national champ coach Pat Casey, Oregon State. Bless his soul. He's in the air, and he's still texting, still delayed. I'm sorry. So we will get a hold of Pat Casey. We will have Pat Casey for you tomorrow to preview this college baseball postseason, get his take on his Beavers, of course, get his take on Arkansas and his close friend Dave Van Horn, and get his take on the job Will Bolton, Nebraska has done and just kind of get his his big brain on on the the the, the fact that Nebraska got seated where they're seated. Let me ask you this, does does Nebraska the more and more things kind of smack Nebraska in the face, we're talking palm and backhand. That's how it's felt here the last few months, right? It's Nebraska are we too close to it from a whining standpoint? Do you think Nebraska's had reason to bellyache, or is it a point of, you know, just just kind of shut up and play? And Will Bolt, and let me say this: players aren't aren't bitching. They're they're not. Coaches aren't doing that. And there there's going back to football, right? It's just too it's too soon to have something else. That that gif you see where, I don't know how many thousands of, of shots below the belt happen. That's what it feels like for the Nebraska fan base, and uh, you know you can you can spin out of this and just go handle your your business and go win, be it on Saturdays or go make a great showing down at Arkansas this weekend for Nebraska baseball. I think what the frustrating part is is you've you've got a loaded team, and I think you'll have a good team next year if you're Will Bolt. I know he will. But you've got a loaded team this year, and they've got destiny in front of them. They can go do their own thing. They can go make it happen. It's there for them. I think they're going to go in confident. Now, I totally side with Mitch Sherman yesterday and Babbers as well, just about <laughs> the, the, the true home field advantage that Bomb Stadium is. I mean, Arkansas, they're going to get after it, man. They're going to get wild with it and... We'll have a comment here from Dave Van Horn on Feinbaum earlier uh, with um, with just kind of this this team's makeup. And we, we've all followed Arkansas from afar, and when they get to Omaha, they're, they're kind of your sentimental favorite. Them or, or Coach Childress when his A&M teams would go. Uh, numbers to get in, 46637. Seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. We were talking about superstitions and that lucky shirt that the Jacob Padilla has purchased, and Phoenix is now undefeated uh, against LA. But do you have that lucky piece of clothing you wear specifically when your team is playing, and does it still work? Does it work? I go back to your Avs jersey, Elijah, and the fact your Avs jersey, have you won anything of of substance with said Avs jersey? Do you have a lucky Husker hat you wear? 
I'm, I'm just I'm just asking. I mean, my backstory is this, and and both have been retired. It was worn to the Fiesta Bowl. It was worn to the Orange Bowl, and it's an old champion champion sweatshirt with Nebraska spelled out on the front. It was my father's, and then I I didn't even ask him. I just took it when I went off to college, and it, it was working. And then a coaching change happened, and he said, it's time to retire it. So we did. But it's got holes. It's got cigarette burns. It's probably got some dried puke from 1980 down at Aggieville in Manhattan, Kansas, because that bastard went on the road a lot, that sweatshirt. And it was incredible. And it's still in him and my mother's closets closet and and then i had a i had a the old bar hat that all of us little snots in the, the late 90s wore you know the the nebraska it's a it's a i don't know where that hat went but it was a good old lid see the problem so both of those together undefeated and then the time to retire it was was 2001 november colorado i mean you, you picked a good time to retire but what i'll say is the the concerning thing is is something that has like all these great superstitious memories tied up into it does it does it ruin the magic of your own memory of wearing it if i mean if you go and wear it against oklahoma nebraska gets beat by 40 if, if arkansas if arkansas state wins in memorial exactly <laughs> exactly and you're wearing that all those good it's memories have been washed fault. out <laughs> It can't it can't be that Lamar's going Stevie Wonder uh, in man coverage. It's because you're wearing the it's because you're wearing the sweatshirt. It's, it's, it's me. Ruined. Yeah, it's absolutely me. But like, oh, when I and hear, I don't cheer anymore. But back when I did. Well, I mean, when I hear you talk about the holes in it and the cigarette burns and maybe the puke, it's like, man, it'd be tough to wear that in public. But if you go fix all those things, that's a hundred percent. That's like definitely going to take away the magic of the shirt. It's it's never going to work again if you if you wash the puke out. Like well, that, I mean, that, that it's, may be what gave it the magic. It's been washed, but I mean, it still has its scars, mm-hmm. which is fine. No, I mean, everyone's got that that lucky. You have a lucky hat, a lucky shirt, a lucky pair of boxers. You just, do, at least you used to. I don't know. I mean, Jacob's, he's been going crazy ordering Phoenix shirts, which I appreciate. I mean, when cousin Jason had rolled, he went to Colorado for a long time. And he'd roll up for Nebraska, Colorado. We had a stuffed buffalo. We'd, we'd decorate our, the front of our, our bison hoop in our driveway. And, and Ralphie'd just kind of be hanging there as a, as, a, as a welcome, as a greeting. You park that hippie RV down the road, cowboy, and... You know, something the buffs. <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate that. I like hearing about fans' superstition. You can send your emails in chris at alevarsity.com. This got tossed when we got married under my nose, and I'm still upset about it, but no time like the glow of a national championship with Adidas saying, hey, you want to buy a national championship T-shirt? Sure, why not? $30, please. Sure, fork it over, fork it over, right? Well, that T-shirt, man, was just shredded. And the wife tossed it. It, too, was 
pretty good luck on Saturdays as a college student. Mm-hmm. So I had the whole getup going. And I'm not saying the sweatshirt or the T-shirt or the hat did it. Probably all the, the first, second, and third round picks, along with the Hall of Fame coach. But yeah, uh, that, that got... When you get married, you just got done with your brother's wedding. Uh-huh. Do not, as sweet as she is, as wonderful as she is, do not let her go through your T-shirts. She does not get to make that call. Um, and it's funny. My brother still has a, a T-shirt that he wears now that he... I remember him buying. I was with him when he bought it. He was a freshman in high school. I was in like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. He still wears that shirt a ton. The, the, like the logo is half worn off. And I just know that thing is getting tossed uh, within the next week as soon as they're back from their honeymoon. Like it, it there's needs, no way things it last. It needs and- to go in witness protection. <laughs> like under the sweatpants, she won't go near and just hide it there. I'll, I'll pass it, that along to him. Seriously, a little advice. So let's hear from, from Jay Billis on Coach K's retirement. That is happening. We'll get into... How tough this act is to follow Jay Billis, his response, his reaction. It's the end of uh, arguably the most successful era in college basketball history. I mean, uh, Mike Krzyzewski has been synonymous with Duke for the last 40 years. And uh, and this signals his last year, uh, and uh, and it'll be, uh, be quite a farewell tour through the ACC and the rest of college basketball to essentially celebrate uh, if not the greatest run in, in college basketball coaching history, certainly one of them. I'm not sure that any coach uh, anywhere uh, has been so inextricably linked uh, to one brand, to one team, uh, with that run of success over that length of time as, as Mike Krzyzewski has had it do. And Ryan, in my judgment, the toughest act to follow in, uh, in sports history. That's a Dukey talking about Duke. I'm sorry, the toughest act in sports to follow will be following Saban, Wooden, and Coach K. I'm not sniffing or or sneezing at, at five championships. My question is this with Duke, as they tapped out of the NCAA tournament they weren't going to make anyway. He's up to here, Temple level, with name, image, and likeness, transfers and the portal his control is waning he's out he was the first to go from the four-year leitners of the world to let's go one and done and he 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 adapted quicker and better than most not named coach cow because duke still won championships when when it was time to switch how you're doing business in college basketball he made the switch and was fantastic with it. Uh, we'll look at Zion. Now, it sucks that Zion blew a tire, right? But, I mean, Duke's been okay. They weathered the storm. The question is this. Yes, it's the end of an era, but does it turn in? Does it turn into the, the end of dominance? Does Duke become just another program in the ACC? At, at first glance, and, and look, Carolina had to go through it with, with Dean Smith. Faithful assistant Bill Guthridge got named. A, he took a team to the Final Four after Dean stepped down, and then then they said, "All right, Roy, the Godfather's not going to ask a third time. You come in." And then Carolina did pretty well with championship runs, even after Dean. UCLA's won a title. UNLV's never been the same without Tark. Kansas has been kind of revitalized with. Uh, 
Bill Self. With Bill Self. They're, they're really good. Post John Thompson, Georgetown's really never been the same. I mean, think of your elite college. And college basketball's changed. I mean, you, you've got to get a guy, and it's about who you can get in the portal now. Or you got to get that stud high school kid that is as good as advertised, right? You got to get your Cunningham down at Okie State to, to be kind of a wow factor. Oklahoma's had some turnover, right? Rick Barnes has always recruited well. But now he's at, you know, we're talking Clemson, Texas, Tennessee now. So I don't know. I, I'm interested to see if Duke can, can weather this. Everyone else lining up to kill, uh, kill their recruiting class. A jock doc on the way. Uh, we'll find out about M, uh, Joel Embiid. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Back to it, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Doug Davis with us. And, Dr. Doug, can we get some bubble wrap and send it to Philly? Yeah, there's at least one guy on that team that needs to you know, make it through the playoffs. And Joel Embiid is a major talent, loved watching him when he was at Kansas. And when he's on the floor, man, he is dominant, Dr. Doug. But... Uh, knee issue and Embiid, man, that that's something we're used to hearing throughout his career. And Dr. Doug, it sounds like he, he underwent an MRI this week. Yeah, I was, you know, I was watching the, you know, the um, video of this, of the injury that he had here to his right knee. And, and uh, you know, he really lands very awkwardly. Um, um, but it was in a flex position when he lands, and so it, it doesn't look to me like a scenario like an ACL, you know, kind of an injury. So um, the last I've heard here is that the MRI scan uh, um, getting done on Tuesday, and then uh, that there was some optimism coming out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know exactly what that is, but. Uh, uh, he's had problems with his other knee. Uh, he was out earlier this year with a, uh, you know, with the other knee having a bone bruise in it. And he, you know, the way this this looks as he landed, I think there's a possibility of that same kind of an injury. So same issue, different knee, and let's dive into the the issues with a bone bruise. A the discomfort. B what does it do to your mobility, and you know what percent would you be able to go? It doesn't sound like he'll be ready for game five, but um, there's still games potentially remaining in this series against Washington. Yeah, so, you know, one of the things with a bone bruise is that um, I think earlier in the year he was out for about 10 games. Um, and, you know, that, uh, or maybe that maybe it was only 10 days, but the, uh, uh, the issue with the bone bruise is that it's actually, of course, the bone that, that is hurting. It's not the cartilage structure it's not because of swelling in the knee and things like that so you know some of the things that might get done for some you know mild cartilage damage in the knee like doing a cortisone injection with a bone bruise kind of a scenario that may not work at all um and uh, so it, it limits the staff as to what they can do uh, to get him ready they uh, you know they'll typically keep him off of it literally you know crutches kind of a thing 
uh, end up, um, you know, really just trying to control um, any kind of new inflammation within the joint. Um, and then the question becomes, you know, as he as he gets back on it and he goes out, and if he if he loads it just right, does he re-injure it? So the the, the issues become more than just a can he be ready for this next game? It's it's about can he be, you know, can he make it through, you know, a sustained run here? That's that's really more of the issue. Dr. Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center, a junk doc Wednesday. Joel Embiid is our topic and a bone bruise for him. What we're discussing here, the hard fall as he went to the rack on Monday against Washington. And Dr. Doug, you've got guys that once they get pro are just injury prone. And uh, Embiid was that way out of Kansas. I mean, had a had a back fracture, right? And then missed the entire tournament. Uh, back in 2014, it took him two years because of knee and foot issues. He had a foot issue, a busted bone in his foot, and that didn't heal properly. So you draft him in 14 and you get him in 16. Philly has been patient with him, and he's absolutely produced when healthy. But what can you do? Because his style is physical. He's got good touch. He's worked on his range. Uh, he makes Philly uh, something to deal with, man. They're they're a one seed because of him, arguably. But it's just hard to to count on him because he's so injury prone. And is there anything preventative he can do uh, when we talk about foot and knee issues with a guy this size? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think probably what it boils down to is minutes, Chris. Um, you know they they they're going to have to manage this guy's minutes over the long haul because. Um, uh, as you said, um, anytime he is in a sustained environment, you know, where he's going hard, you know, over a length of time, he's he's having uh, issues develop. The, the fracture in the foot, um, uh, the, the bone bruise kind of thing, you'd start thinking a little bit about, okay, you know, is there anything metabolic, you know, going on with, with the bone? That's actually very rare. Um, so, from a perspective of, of you know trying to do some kind of a, of a supplementation to the uh, to prevent him from having uh, bone injury, that's actually a pretty rare thing. I think it's probably just you know you got a big guy who's going hard, and uh, um, if he gets to a point where he's getting worn down. And he's not as um, he's not as fluid with his motion. His muscles are fatigued and, and, and not able to protect him. Um, then that's when you start getting into the injury time. Doctor Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jonk Donk Wednesday. And you know, I look at Embiid and I look at his size. And is 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 he just? <laughs> too big for his for his for his body to support him but he's i mean he's chiseled he's he's seven foot 280 so it's not like he's carrying extra weight this is kind of just a freak issue where it comes down to physicality in the nba where he he has this issue with his knee now because he he fell he went down it wasn't anything that his body's screaming uncle right now about putting weight or stress on a foot or a knee like that. This is just Dr. Doug contact going into the paint. Yeah. And it's, it's again, how does your, you know, how does your body respond to 
the you know that instantaneous reaction of okay i'm coming down from this you know from this uh jump i've had contact i'm off balance that's where your muscles have to be the protectors that's where they have to be responding to take care of him and you know sometimes you can't prevent anything you know i mean it, 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 when you look at this particular injury you'd say gee i don't know how he would have you know been able to uh, land any other way you know but um that's what i was saying about you know the fatigue that goes along with the number of minutes if if your muscles are just not as good at absorbing those stresses mm. and and uh, absorbing what happens in instant in time that's when you can run into more injury problems Dr. Doug here, about a minute or so. What are some, some treatments that Philly's going to be prescribing to him between now and, and his return? Obviously rest, but what else? Yeah, there will probably be a component of anti-inflammatory treatment, but I'm guessing that this is going to be more more of an oral treatment as opposed to something like a cortisone injection into the joint. Both uh, oral anti-inflammatories like prednisone, like high doses of ibuprofen, um, as well as cortisone injection into the joint. They're all anti-inflammatories, but when you put an injection into the joint, you're trying to treat the joint lining mm-hmm. tissue, basically, and, and decrease the inflammation that's caused there. When you're putting it in orally, you're trying to treat more of the global area around the joint, uh, potentially the, the muscles, the bone. Um, it just gets there because of the blood flow. Dr. Doug Tavis, uh, Joel Embiid, our topic. Dr. Doug, thanks for the time today. We'll talk soon. All right, Chris. You have a good rest of your week. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Wednesday. Awesome stuff. Regional thoughts from Mike Babcock, Nebraska, Arkansas, Northeastern. Check that out, ESPNLincoln.com. The uh, podcast in the on-demand section. Jacob Bedilla, a loaded weekend for Nebraska with some five-star talent coming in with the mayor and Coach Abdel Massey. So hear that as well. And Mike Schuhart, Shuey. Getting it done on the golf course. Reminder about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing their seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash. Buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, tomorrow we will hit recruiting heavy. Greg Smith will join us the Coach Gary Barnett will check in. Uh, the Pride of Chicago, Danny Burke, will have Burke's best bets. And confirmed Pat Casey, three-time national champ, head coach at Oregon State. He is landing in Dallas as we speak, and we got to move him to tomorrow, but that's okay. Get his take on Bolt Ball, Nebraska, Oregon State, TCU, and, of course, Arkansas and Coach Van Horn. Uh, rivals reporting that A.J. Bianco is visiting. About said in. <laughs> that would have blown up in my face. <laughs> he is visiting. A.J. Bianco, the stud quarterback out of Hawaii, St. Louis High. He is visiting uh, the 18th of June. So, 
The good news is, is he's um, out on the West Coast. The bad news is, if you're a Nebraska fan, he is visiting Oregon unofficially. He's going to swing by UCLA and see Chip. And then, just for good measure, let's head to USC. But the best news is Nebraska is going to get an official visit from Bianco uh, on the 18th. You, you just have uh, Hawaiian uh, Wyndon Hahuli. He got to campus here recently, so he's a Hawaiian kid. I think Nebraska's got a great shot, Elijah, if they like Bianco. I'm not sleeping on Torres, who will be in and uh, have a chance to, to get worked out and, and maybe say yes. But I'm I'm intrigued by Bianco here at, at six three, and that Hawaiian pipeline's very real with Milton, uh, with the kid that's in Central Florida right now. What's his last name? It's not Milton. No, well, yes, we got McKenzie. McKenzie. Yeah, McKenzie. You got Mariota, but you got another kid that's down there now oh, at Central Florida. It's Hawaiian quarterback. But it followed Milton. Yeah, what what I'm seeing here though is, is something about this recruitment just gives me parallels to Heinrich Harburg's recruitment last year with uh, a, a little bit of uh, his recruitment picking up late. Nebraska getting in there before it really blew up too much. I mean, I, Nebraska had to offer him last year sight unseen. If you remember, they wanted to get him for a workout and they couldn't. Um, so it, something about it just is very just. I don't know. It, it feels very Nebraska to get in there and get this kid kind of before his recruitment picks up even though um, maybe the rest of the country is just missing out on a kid because he's from Hawaii or last year because he's from Nebraska. Dylan Gabriel is the other kid from Hawaii so there's a trifecta of Hawaiian talent. It's good that Nebraska is going to get a chance to see Bianco back tomorrow at four with Hale Varsity. Take care.